for some of the women who are having their babies while they're in jail, it might be up to their fourth or fifth child, but they've never raised them. They needed what we call motherhood, mother crafting. When we talk to the women, they are genuinely really keen to change, to change the trajectory of their life. And you can tell that by the way they interact with their babies. Someone has to put a stick in the spoke and stop a cycle here. Welcome to Impact, a Seek University podcast where our experts unpack their latest research in easy to understand language. We discover how these researchers are creating solutions to some of the world's most complex challenges. Subscribe now to Seek University podcasts so you don't miss an episode and join the conversation on Seek University's social media. Hello and welcome to Impact, a Seeker Uni research podcast. Today I'm joined by Dr Adele Baldwin, the lead researcher in CQU's Midwifery Prison Project. Welcome Adele. Thanks Susie, thanks for coming and thanks to everybody for listening. Adele, tell me a little bit about this pilot project that initially started some years ago and um, where it's at today. Our little project started... Um, unofficially in 2010 when the women's prison first started here in Townsville and the management at the prison noted that they had more pregnant women coming through the system than they had anticipated and at the same time we were looking for different ways to um, offer continuity of care experiences to our midwifery students in the region. So we sat down at a table and over the next seven years, so this has been a slow burn, um, over the next seven years we worked out how we could integrate the two and in 2017 we launched the pilot project to provide unbiased neutral support for the woman during her pregnancy, birth and with the newborn if she has the child with her in, in prison as well as providing the opportunity for our midwifery students to recruit those women for continuity of care experiences, which is a mandated part of their course of study. So going back to the very beginning when you had that initial conversation or, and spark, I guess, the idea, what, what spurred it? Is this something that has been done previously by other organisations, other prisons, other universities? Is this relatively new for it was unique and continues to be unique in the way that it's structured. There are some prison services around the world who, we, and it, indeed some in other states who are using doulas, so birth supporters, uh, to support the women. But ours is unique in the way that it combines the education of the future workforce. So we're, you know, we're contributing to a workforce that has a has a greater breadth of experience and given that the number of pregnant women in prison is increasing that's really important that the the midwives of the future understand the unique context that these women are coming from so in terms of the research that's being conducted has there been any you know interesting findings that have come out to date around the project well it's organic. Let's be really honest. We started with a problem and worked out how we'd fix it. And one of the team members, one of the project team members who was in it from the very beginning reminds me the first day we sat at the table and she, they said, how are we going to do this? And apparently my response was, I don't know, we'll work it out. <laughs> and it seems you have. <laughs> well, it goes to show that um, one of my colleagues um, here, in, here at CQU calls it the stone in your shoe. 
and that's exactly what it was. It was a stone in our shoe and we had two very different challenges from two, for two very different perspectives that needed addressing, so we combined the two. The exciting part is because it's organic, you know, we've been able to be a little bit flexible within the rules and the parameters of the original project. But we realised really early on that we needed buy-in from the people on the ground floor. Otherwise, it's just another program or, you know, it's another man- one of management's bright ideas. And those who, of us who've worked in the public service before in any context understand once you get those feelings, it's got no chance. Yeah. So anyway, we realised very early on that it needed some buy-in, so we invited officers to be what we call champions of the project. So we provided them with extra education about imminent birth, looking after, uh, supporting someone in labour, supporting someone during a pregnancy, helping them with um, care of a newborn, and you know how, basically how to put it all together. We started with, I think, four volunteers, and now we're up to twenty-five. Wow. So they get they get nothing else in inverted commas. Like they don't get paid extra, they don't get overtime, as some people may assume. Basically there was very little in it apart from doing something a little bit different and contributing. So that's been the key. I think if we hadn't had the champions and the buy in from the ground floor, we would have it would have been a little bit harder to get moving. Mm-hmm. So as the projects evolved over time. We also realised that for some of the women who are having their babies while they're in jail, it might be up to their fourth or fifth child, but they've never raised them. So we realised that they needed what we call motherhood, mother crafting advice. So we started running motherhood classes, which have been the best fun. How so? They're just wonderful. You know, the... The women appreciate it and the research, so the qualitative data we have back now that we've done the formal evaluation says that they appreciated the fact that it was open, there was no judgment and it was honest. So the conversation was dictated by them and that's grown to include women whose babies aren't with them in prison have asked to be involved. Wow. So that's pretty cool. What we also found in the evaluation was that the officers who participate as champions um, gained a lot out of it as well. And I'm not an expert on criminology and I'm definitely not an expert on criminal justice. However, what it does seem to do is uh, the way that their perceptions of their role and what they can contribute and the value that they add is consistent with contemporary corrections, like the, the, the move where everything seems to be going. We also... In January of last year, we did a fatherhood program at um, one of the men's prisons. So the midwifery students, as part as one of their assessment pieces, were offered the opportunity to conduct parenthood or fatherhood classes with some male inmates. And that w- worked really well. So the upshot of all this is that corrections are really keen to roll it out and, you know, whether it's parts of our project or the whole thing. And what about in terms of the student and their experience and, you know, as future midwives? I think it exposes them to um, a lifestyle that they were not familiar with. Now, we need to be really clear here. We don't access just, we don't access medical records and we don't access criminal records. So we have no idea what the women are in jail for. And I think that works to our advantage. 
I mean, you can make assumptions. If somebody's in jail, they've obviously done something that the law considers worthy of jailing them for. So, But the women that we work with are open and I think it, the whole point of the continuity of care and exposure to those sorts of things is to understand that every woman's experience is different and unless you have exposure to that sort of socioeconomic background or that sort of lifestyle, it's something that's an abstract. And we all think we know about criminal stuff because we watch Orange is the New Black or Wentworth or, you know, some sort of crime-solving show. And, you know, we've learnt a lot. We learnt, I mean, as experienced clinicians as well as the students, we learn a lot from the women. And vice versa, I think the women probably, it sounds like they really appreciate the fact that you're going in providing this, but also with no prejudice, you know, that you don't know what their criminal background is. You're there simply to provide them with this great service that they wouldn't otherwise have while incarcerated. We've watched some women and their children grow. You know, we've had the privilege of seeing them during their pregnancy as newborns and, you know, some of these children are now toddlers and... It's a lovely experience. It, it's nice to know that you've had some sort of impact. You know, will the change we make, or will our contribution to any change have a long-term effect? Well, that remains to be seen. However, someone has to put the stick in the spoke and stop a cycle here. And, you know, when we talk to the women, they are genuinely really keen to change, to change the trajectory of their life. And you can tell that by the way they interact with their babies. And, you know, it's one-on-one. It's really good quality mother-baby time. Which is something they possibly wouldn't even get on the outside. Yeah, and, you know, if they ask us a question, if we don't know the answer, we'll find it. Um, We teach them how to bath a baby, how to change nappies. And, you know, invariably those sorts of hands-on things are quite bonding. And, as I say, we've learnt a lot, probably things that we never knew that we wanted to know but um, it actually allows us an insight and some basic level of understanding of of what the mother and child, the background they come from and where they will be going back to. Yeah, fascinating stuff. Um, In terms of the the research side of this whole project, you're obviously the lead, you you got the ball rolling initially. Who else is supporting you through this research and where are you hoping to be at the end? I think that's probably... That, that's our strength and our weakness, is not knowing what the end point is. The, well, the ultimate end point is to make a difference in some child's life. Um, how we get there, that's evolving. But the team who are involved, we've brought people in as, you know, as is appropriate. But pretty well we've got a core team now. So that's you know, Tanya Kappa, who's our head of midwifery, Bridget Ferguson, who's our midwifery lecturer, um, Associate Professor Claire Harvey, Belinda Jensen is one of the lecturers and she worked really... It was her and Bridget, actually, that led the men's um, parenthood thing and they did an outstanding job of that. And Anne Ferguson, who's a um, criminologist here. But we also have um, some managerial staff from Queensland Corrections who basically were the ones who came to me in the beginning and said, look, what can we do? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it. There's a handful of core people who are involved and... You know, the other highlight for us this year has been the launch, unfortunately during the middle of COVID, the launch of the birth charter, which is, well, the Australian birth charter. 
And basically that is the human rights for women and children in prison in Australia. And that's adapted from the birth charter for women and children in prison in England and Wales. So we were supported to do that uh, by a charity called Birth Companions who for the last over 25 years have been supporting women in uh, pregnant women and new mothers in jail in, in the UK. So they've been very supportive and very helpful. So, yeah, that's actually a little feather in our cap. Tell me about the importance of having this Australian birth charter. It brings the basic, the overarching principles into the Australian context because, you know, we're not the same as the UK and we're not the same as the USA and the bulk of the literature that guides that sort of practice at the moment is coming from both of those areas and, you know, we felt that we had, we had an opportunity and we had a responsibility. So we got stuck in, we wrote it. it they're, they're recommendations. Mm-hmm. And what was really interesting is that when we compared current practice here in Australia, or in Queensland at least, to the birth charter, they were well and truly on target to, to hitting those. So what's one of the key recommendations within the birth charter that you hope would be adapted, picked up, by you know, government organisations to, to move this forward? I think for me, and it's always been my stance, that this is not a social justice thing. This is a human thing. And you know, as a midwife, anything to promote. If a woman's pregnancy and birth experience is positive, it frames her worldview. So we all sit here and you know, we, we read the newspapers about crime rates, particularly juvenile crime. Let's be proactive and by making sure that the mother and child are supported if the mother is in jail, if it's that sort of intergenerational stuff, we can make a difference there which just may make a difference for that woman and her child and subsequent generations and, you know, filtering out the ripple maybe make the world a little bit better for everybody. But... The, the overarching thing is providing an environment that supports the woman to be a mother without compromising the integrity of the corrections or the criminal justice system, but you know, creating as good an environment as we can to build those bonds and create a positive experience. Which ultimately will surely create a, a better human well it's interesting because we listen i mean we we have conversations with the women and i watch them with their babies and they're no different to watching any mother who is besotted with her child look and i know that there are other issues for for many and there are other government agencies involved and we're not part of those decisions so i think it positions us quite uniquely where we're looking at this pregnancy this birth this child Enjoying this episode? Subscribe to Seek University's podcasts on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. And remember, rate, review, and share. Going slightly off topic, I guess, um, but it is a very hot topic for 2020, and that's COVID 19. Um, how has the pandemic affected this project, or has it in any way? It's brought us to a grinding halt. There were some operational changes that were making it a little bit interesting for us at the time, but COVID 
And rightly so. You know, you've got a closed environment. You, they, it, the people within it have to be protected because they're not only vulnerable from the, the way that they live in close quarters, but a lot of them have underlying medical conditions. So you have to be very careful and obviously unbiased if there's a child involved. We need to be a little bit more careful. So we haven't been able to do more. We have um, kept the conversations going. We've kept the contacts with, you know, the various departments and you know the the, the planning. I suppose the longer term planning, but until the restrictions are eased, we're probably pretty at a standstill from that perspective. We can start getting creative, given that I think that for most of us, we thought we'd be past this point by now. Mm-hmm. And as I keep reading in the paper, you know, the rules are changing daily. So what we would assume is that we now need to start making plans for, say, offering um, the education for the officers at a distance and, you know, being a little bit more creative about how we can provide the support for the women given that physical closeness may not be an option Mm -hmm. and given that they can't access internet or anything like that. So, that, you know, that's obviously an internal thing that they need to consider as well, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. and these are the conversations we're, ha- we're having, you know, how can we keep this ticking away? Mm. We've been patient. We started this in 2010. It's now 10 years down the track. Speaking of which, a decade in, where to from here? We have a, a few extensions of the, the project um, that are under discussion that, again, COVID has derailed quite nicely. Thank you, Superbug. <laughs> Um, we just have to wait and see how that all pans out. But we are being noticed by people who are looking at what we've done. And I think the key to or everything that we've done is that it's driven by a grassroots problem. So when you're talking research with impact, the problem came from the ground. We developed um, you know, a strategy that addressed that issue but also looked at the longer term of planning for educating the future workforce at the moment it's townsville from a, a, the midwifery side of the project mm-hmm. is the only prison that's involved is that correct hopefully not for too long yes that was okay so the plan is the oh, long-term absolutely. goal to potentially have every prison in australia taking on this and kind of and different states have, states have different models so you know i think one of the things that we've been quite patient with that we need to understand is that when we're talking about any sort of health care in a prison, we're talking about two very rigid, and I, used, and I don't mean negatively rigid, but just by their very existence, you've got two very structured, rigid organisations. So you've got you know a health department, a corrections department, and then you've got some bunch of academics from a university toodling on in with all our, you know, hairy armpitted ideas. And somehow that just takes a little while to to get the rigid to to give a little bit. But it works. Mm. And I believe that ten years is actually a short time frame for a couple of those. So we'll we'll wait and see. Um, you know, post COVID when everything starts to relax. I'm I'm reasonably confident that um, it'll look like we're an overnight success and and popping out, which is great, which is really good for us. And then you can comfortably retire happy. (laughs) (laughs) Look, to be honest, I have the most fun 
going out and talking to the women, but the motherhood ones have just been exceptional. I've, you know, I've learned a lot. I've learned a lot of, about stuff that I didn't know I needed to learn. Adele, anything else about the project that you wanted to discuss today that we may not have touched on? I suppose the take-home message for us, like we've got really good feedback from, you know, academics, researchers, clinicians, people who are also working in corrections, you know, about what a great project it is, how it works. It's cheap. We've never received an ounce of funding. But the other part is, I think, for novice researchers or people starting out in the field, the really exciting part is that it doesn't have to be a big and flash thing. You're not going to change the world. You have a problem. You come up with a solution. You put the formal structures around it. You structure it like a proper project. And it just grows. And you solve the problem that you started with. And you've indeed done that. And you, you just said, you know, you don't have to change the world. But you've effectively changed the world of people, you know, oh, individuals. We've changed, we've changed a couple. And, you know, Townsville's quite a small area. And, and sometimes you do see um, people that you know. And you can tell by the way, even at a distance, where the people respond to you that you've not upset or offended or done anything negative. So, no, I think it's, I think it's been a really worthwhile you know, exercise. It it has been a lot of hard work and and lots of desk head banging moments. <laughs> but um, I've met a lot of people that I wouldn't have met otherwise, and that's you know professionally interdisciplinary as well as um, the women and and their families that we work with. So yeah, I find we we have we have much more fun than negatives. Mm-hmm. Adele, thank you so much for you know giving us an insight into this project. It's um you know it's really interesting to see the impact that this project has had on people and communities, and you know that at the end of the day, that's what it's all about. So thank you. And the other part is too, you know, when we're talking about the prison officers, you know, they're sometimes much, you know, misaligned and, and described incorrectly, and there's a lot of assumptions there. And it's changing their workspace as well. So, you know, we're changing another group of people's experiences that we really hadn't anticipated. So, yeah. And thanks for listening. Thank you. To find out more about how CQ University is changing lives through real-world research, check out our website in the description. And remember to subscribe to CQ University podcasts so you don't miss an episode.